Hey friends, and welcome to Bison Abroad with Becca. In this podcast, you'll be able to hear stories from North Dakota State University students who are currently around the world studying. I am so excited to have you join me as you listen to these students share the highs and lows to studying abroad and all the crazy adventures that go along with it. With me today is Tatum Spanier, who is currently a Spanish major here at NDSU. Right now, she is in San Jose, Costa Rica, and stay tuned as we hear more about her travels across the country, her homestay experience, and her encounter at the hospital. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this Tatum? Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being willing to do this with me. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, I know that you're in Costa Rica. Um, and, yeah, I just want to – maybe we should start with uh, how you decided to study abroad and what that looked like for you. Okay. Well, I guess I decided to study abroad because it was a requirement for my major because um, I'm majoring in Spanish. And so that was kind of how that went. And then I decided on Costa Rica because it's one of the safer countries in Latin America. And I really wanted to study within the Latin American dialect compared to like Spain because I really want to work with immigrants in the future. And that just um, and that's what I've done before. That's kind of how I learned Spanish. So that's what I was more familiar with. So that's kind of how I ended up in Costa Rica. Okay, very cool. And have you traveled much before or is this like one of your first times abroad? No, I've traveled quite a bit. I did a lot of mission trips. I've done three um, to different parts of Mexico and I've also been to Colombia and then also just on vacations with my family. So um, it wasn't for me, but I had never been to Costa Rica before. Okay, very cool. And are you studying in San Jose or are you in a different part of Costa Rica? Yep, I'm studying uh, pretty much right downtown in the capital of San Jose. Okay, very cool. And so because you're a Spanish major, I'm assuming that it's easier for you to get along with the locals. Do you know Spanish pretty well? Uh, yeah, I would. I guess I would say I know it pretty well. My host parents don't speak any English, so um, to get along with them and anything like that, I yeah, I have to be speaking Spanish. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very cool. And so you said you're staying with the host family. How has that experience been, and how did you decide to go that route as opposed to staying in like a dorm or, or an apartment? Um, I guess I decided to stay with the host family just to experience more culture, and it has been so great. I'm so glad I did it. I have the best host parents. It's an elderly couple. Um, so it's just me with them uh, at night, but during the day, we almost always have family here. So that's been really cool. I've gotten to know a lot more locals through them. Um, and yeah, it's been really cool. It makes you less homesick, I feel like, too. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, so what would do you say, especially for you staying at homestay, uh, what would a typical day look like for you talking about just like school as well as like different meals too because you are staying with them do you have to buy your own food or do they provide that for you 
Um, I have two meals provided for me every day. So a typical day would be that I get up at like 6.30 and eat breakfast at 7 um, with my host family. And usually it's just like a bunch of fruits that are in season and some bread. Um, there's also like a traditional breakfast called gallo pinto. And so if I don't have class in the morning, then my host dad will make me that with eggs. It's like rice and beans and cilantro. Um, then I go to class in the morning. We have four hour intensive classes and they're only one month long. Um, so in January and February I had intensive month classes for really crazy. And then I would go to my elective classes in the afternoon and come back. Uh, I had to buy my own lunch all the time or like make it myself. And then supper is always provided for me here, which is always like just a different mix of traditional Costa Rican cuisine, usually lots of rice and beans, but it's good. Okay. And do you have like a favorite type of food or treat or something? Um, I really like it when my host mom makes guacamole. Ooh, yes. Like putting it on a bunch of different things. But yeah, guacamole is probably my favorite. Avocados are so cheap here. It's so okay. great. And what kind of currency do they use in San Jose? Um, the currency is called um, colones. And it's about like 600 colones for $1. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's it's kind of cool. It's really, really colorful money. Um, and yeah. I don't okay. know. It's cool. Have you done much traveling yet outside of the city at all? Oh, yeah. About like every weekend we have gone to different uh, – You almost always to the coast. So I've been to the Pacific – coast I think I've been three times to the Pacific um and twice to the Caribbean um yeah and I actually went to Panama one weekend too which was really fun and what do you so what would a typical trip to the Pacific look like for you yeah so we usually buy our bus tickets like okay for example I'll tell you how we got to Hako which is a pretty popular place to go here um, so we buy our bus tickets, which is like $9 round oh, trip and you go like super early in the morning to the bus station, like on Friday morning or sometimes on Saturday morning and the bus ride there, it, it can be like an hour and a half or it can be four hours. It always just depends on traffic. It's so crazy and you never know. Um, but you, yeah, you just jump on like the public bus and you go out to the beach and then we've always rented airbnbs because um they're pretty cheap and then you always get like a kitchen included and so a lot of times we'll bring like noodles and a jar of spaghetti sauce and pancake mix um just so that we can like travel for cheap and travel more often that way and so then yeah we would just always spend time out on the yeah, out on the beach, usually. The Pacific side is really good for surfing, um, a lot of people say. And it also just has prettier beaches. I think it's just known for that, um, which is pretty cool. The Caribbean side is known more for, like, the wildlife and, like, there's better snorkeling there and stuff. Pacific is more surfing. Okay. Have you tried surfing at all? 
Not quite yet. That is on my list for this weekend. We're going out to the peninsula, um, and hopefully we're going to be able to go surfing. Um, yeah, hopefully. That's on my oh, list. <laughs> so cool. Okay. Um, yeah, and so tell me about this trip to Panama as well. What did that look like? Oh, so awesome. So there's this um, little set of islands right off the coast of Costa Rica that are part of Panama. Um, and so we took a shuttle. I didn't want to take the public bus all the way there. That would be way too <laughs> long. <laughs> so we ended up taking um, like a shuttle and we went to the border. And once you got to the border, um, there's like this huge bridge that you walk across. And so you pay your exit taxes for Costa Rica. And then the guy just sends you across the border. And he's like, okay, there's a guy in the blue shirt waiting on the other end for you. And so the bridge is like a little less than half a mile long you just walk along the bridge with all of your luggage and then you get to Panama (laughs) and then once we got to Panama then they um took us in like this little tiny speedboat to the island and at the island it's called Bocas del Toro and it had a starfish beach and so you just walk out into the water and there'd be like tons and tons of starfish just crawling around in the water and so like I have a picture with like five starfish all around me it was so so beautiful it was probably like my favorite trip weekend trip that I did that's so cool Mm -hmm. and is the food very similar how long you said that you were there for a weekend is the food very similar to that in Costa Rica um honestly a lot of times when I go on the weekend trips I try to buy more of, like, the touristy food because it's, like, I miss that from the United States. So, like, I always try to buy, like, a hamburger or, like, pasta, stuff like that. (laughs) It's just, like, my comfort food because they, like, gear towards tourists and stuff. So, I always say I'm a tourist on on the weekend and a student during the week. (laughs) Like, a local during the week. Okay. And when you're saying we, are you traveling with your host family or are you traveling with just friends you met on campus? Just friends that I've met on campus. Um, the first two weeks that I went through ISA, which is just like a study abroad program. Uh, and the first two weeks, they have like group trips planned. And through that, I met a lot of girls. And so, yeah, after those two weeks, then everything else is like just independent travel. And so, yeah, we just basically made a group message and we're like, okay this is going to be our group and we're going to travel together. And so um, it's been as little as four girls and as much as eight girls, but we've had a lot of fun together. Oh, that's awesome. Are they from all over the place or mainly from the States? Uh, Mainly just from the States. The university that I'm at here pretty much only has people from the States. I don't know if I've met anybody from Europe or anything else. Okay. Very cool. And so What would you say was one of the biggest cultural differences or something that surprised you upon first coming to Costa Rica? Oh, man, that's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something that was really different. I think one thing is just, like, security. Um, Like, once it hits 530, which is about when the sun sets, my host mom, like, she won't let me walk outside alone at all. Like, it's just way too dangerous. In, in San Jose, the capital, 
Um, and like during the day, it, it's so safe. Like you have no worries. But as soon as it's dark out, uh, you really have to take an Uber and stuff like that. And like I have a night class too, so like sometimes it's been like really fresh. Hmm. Um, but it's that it was so crazy to me because you know being from like small town Minnesota. That's not something you worry about at all. And then coming here, you're like, okay, I have to be, like, really aware of, like, you know. I mean, it's not – it's probably not much more dangerous than just, like, Chicago or any other, like, big capital city. But coming from a small town, Minnesota, the safety aspect of just, like, being more aware of your surroundings is something that I've had to get used to. Right, right. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I guess just a couple more questions about, like – the culture of San Jose as like what is there a certain street style uh do they practice like a certain religion just like cultural things like that have, what have you noticed about San Jose Ooh, okay well um there's lots and lots of action always going on in the streets like street performers uh most of the time they run out into the middle of the street, like at a stoplight because the traffic is just so, so bad here um, that there'll be performers just right in the middle of the street. People will be driving by them and they'll hand them money. That is kind of cool. The coolest one I've seen is uh, this guy had like flaming batons that he was throwing. He was right next to the cars too. I was like, oh my goodness, it's crazy. Um, And there's a lot of museums here in San Jose and a lot of like artwork like a lot of times on the weekends um, they'll have different like cultural appreciations for like music or right now there's a famous sculptor whose work is all over downtown that you can walk around and see Um, so that's kind of cool there's a lot of stuff to do in the city um, during the weekend if you choose to stay so um, kind of in the middle of my time, I took like a break from traveling and we just did a lot of stuff around San Jose, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of just going off of that a little bit, uh, in your free time, when you're not at classes or with your, fa- your homestay family, do you just like wander the town with your friends or do you have like a certain like coffee shop that you like to hang out at and like that, that you do there? Yeah, I really like to eat ice cream, (laughs) and so uh, a lot of times I will, like, walk to the store and buy a new bucket of ice cream, get back and eat it. Um, I've also just, we have a hammock at our homestay, so sometimes I sit out there and read. Um, It's really crazy, like, when you, yeah, when you don't have something to do, it's so relaxing here Mm -hmm. compared to, like, you know, in the United States, just like, go, go, go. Right. But, yeah, I think that's kind of things. We also found, it's called a board game bar here. Oh. Uh, and so, yeah, you can go and play board games as long as you, like, buy a drink and you can play board games for three hours. And they have this whole wall, and it's just full of all these different games um, and so that's been really cool too. We go there sometimes on the weekend and just like pick out a random game and be like, okay, let's try to learn this one. And, uh, that's been really cool. I haven't, I've heard of them in the United States, but they're not like super common. I don't think, but that has been like super cool. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so are all like the rules and instructions in Spanish then too? Has that been 
something, or are they in English? Um, they have. They they have a really good mix of Spanish and English games because uh, a lot of the well no I wouldn't say a lot of the people here know English but there's definitely people here who know English um, or sometimes it's like a game that we already know in English and it's just in Spanish and so we like play it like that like for instance Code Names is one of the games that we play that has a Spanish version but it also has an English version so. Okay. Just kind of like that always depends there's a there's so many games there right i feel like code names would be a really good game for like learning spanish too yeah for sure it sounds like you've grown up kind of knowing spanish or like have taken quite a few classes what advice would you give to someone who's trying to learn spanish or is like staying studying abroad in a spanish-speaking country um, I would say to somebody who's trying to learn Spanish is that you have to immerse yourself in the culture as much as possible. Sometimes that seems really hard, but there really are a lot of Spanish speakers um, around the area, at least where I'm from. I'm from central Minnesota, and I started learning Spanish working in my uncle's turkey barn. Um, he has all Spanish speaking employees, and I just learned so much from them because I was forced to communicate in Spanish and have another option and like everything that I learned was always so applicable um and like obviously that's not the easiest option for everyone but uh usually you can find Spanish speakers around you somehow and that's always just super easy because you can always apply what you're learning and and you're forced to apply it too so that would be my greatest advice yeah yeah absolutely um so would you what would you say would be one of the hardest adjustments you had to make uh because I know some people say the language barrier uh is often hard for them um did you have any difficulty with that or what would you say would be your one of your the hardest things you had to adjust to there oh well let's see here (laughs) well okay this I guess nothing really tops this um I ended up getting really sick and I was hospitalized with E. coli which is like super rare I'm assuming nobody else will hopefully have to go through that but that was just like super hard because then I had to like catch up in classes and like my whole diet had to change because I had like then you know the doctor had like restrictions and stuff so that has definitely been like just super super difficult but um yeah, it's something we've worked through, and I don't know. It's really hard to know, like, what to avoid and not what not to avoid, you know. I mean, obviously street food, but, uh, yeah, it's been different, but <laughs> nothing can really top that, I guess. Wow, yeah. So how soon into your program did you get that then, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, um, it's at the very, very end of January, so I think I had been there for just one month. Um and yeah, I guess E. coli can show up anywhere from uh, one to eight days after you've eaten something. Ooh. So we didn't even <laughs> couldn't even like tell like this is what you ate that was bad. Um, and so yeah, this is pretty bad. I wouldn't recommend it, but also I wouldn't really know what to tell you to avoid. So <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like, but you're able to see a little bit of the the medical side of stuff then. 
Yes, that is very true. I had, when I first went to the emergency room, the first doctor I had spoke English and I was so grateful because I was just like so sick and just so tired that I was like, I don't think my brain can function right now. Um, But after that, when the emergency room doctor passed me off to like just a regular one, uh, everything was in Spanish and there was only like one nurse who spoke a little bit of English. And that was really hard because um, even though I speak Spanish, there's still like a lot of words that I was like, I do not know like what that is. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to tell me they wanted like different samples, like a blood sample and what they were going to be looking for. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, oh, no. but it was really cool because I, I mean, as cool as being in the hospital can be uh, (laughs) because yeah, like I got to learn different vocabulary words and stuff like that and see how, yeah, the hospital and healthcare system works there. It was kind of cool. Yeah. What would you say were some of the uh, major differences between healthcare over there and in the States? Yeah. Uh, Well here, um, public they have public health care so like everybody is covered under that um but they have public hospitals and private hospitals and I ended up I went to a private hospital because in the public hospital they have like up to 13 people to a room um and it's really difficult to get into and stuff like there's just lots of wait you have usually have to wait and stuff and so because I had like the travel insurance and stuff, I was able to go to the private one. Um, And that one was a lot more similar to what I would compare to in the United States. Um, Like I had a a room to myself with a bathroom and stuff like that. But something that was different was instead of just having like one nurse assigned to you for like the whole shift, when they would come to take like your vitals and stuff, there'd be five nurses that would all come in at once and one would be taking your blood pressure and one would be taking a blood sample and the other one would be like preparing you some like medicine or changing your eyes and stuff. And they like would be there for like not even like two minutes and then they'd all leave at once instead of like, you know, just like the one nurse being assigned to you and like doing everything. Right. Right. It was kind of weird. It was it was really like impersonal. Um, you know, like I didn't really like get to sometimes I feel like in the United States, like you really get to like know the nurse or whatever that's working on you. Um, but at the same time, like when I was trying to rest and stuff like that, it was really nice because they'd only like wake me up for like five minutes and then they'd be out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So did you have to spend the night there then or did they did you just have to go in for checkups? Uh, no, I was there for four days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> it was I'm laughing about it now, but, oh, it was, it was so awful, but. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you're, like, now better, and what, are, you said you don't necessarily know what types of food could have caused it, but what are some foods that you would now avoid or have been avoiding? Um. Well, it's just, like, you really want to make sure that vegetables are washed, like, um, tomatoes and lettuce, and also just that, like, your meat is always fully cooked, Um, but 
and my doctor was just like, well, what did you eat like from the street? What did you eat from the street? Because there's lots of street vendors. Um, but I knew from like experiences abroad before this that you shouldn't really eat from them. Um, so I hadn't. So that's why it was kind of hard because normally he's like every time this happens to somebody, it's because they ate street food, like whatever. I was like, oh, I didn't do that. But, you know, who knows? So probably just improperly washed food or not cooked all the way. Okay. Okay. So I have one final question and then I'll let you go. Um, how would you describe your study abroad experience in three words so far? In three words. Oh man. <laughs> and eye opening. I'm counting that as only one word. Um yeah. <laughs> eye opening enhancing I really think like my education has been enhanced and really fun and relaxing that's like four but yeah yeah absolutely well thank you so much again uh Tatum for coming in and talking about your experiences and like the highs and lows (laughs) that I've got along with them yeah Um, no problem yeah I I wish you the best how much longer are you going to be in country for I actually only have nine more days left, so just wrapping up here. Yeah, sad. And then will you be back to NDSU then? Um, I'm going to move back home to Minnesota and work, and then I'll be back in the fall for the fall semester. Okay, gotcha. Well, best of luck to you. I hope the rest of your stay goes well. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. Hey friends, thank you all for joining us today. If you want to hear more stories about studying abroad, stay tuned. Also, if you're interested in studying abroad yourself, check out our website at NDSU Study Abroad or stop by and see us. We are located in the Memorial Union 116 at North Dakota State University. Through our NDSU office, we can send out students to 73 different countries and we have over a thousand programs to choose from. With that being said, we should be able to find a program that is perfect for you. So stop by. We hope to see you soon.